0: Hey, folks, Total Protection, Mr. Hughes here, and you're listening to Raw is Nitro with
1: Total Protection,
2: Mr. Hughes. Uh, Mr. Hughes in the opening. Massive shout-out to my boy on Twitter, Max Marshall Arch, a.k.a. Matt. um, Went to a signing with Mr. Hughes and dropped this absolute gem into my lap. Huge, huge thank you. Um, We'd already recorded this in the next episode in the can, but I didn't want to waste the opportunity to get this intro in So i'm gonna put it into the next few episodes at least um, and just massive massive shout out So awesome to have mr Hughes opening the show so extra little bonus for everybody listening and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast What what what
1: you want about
2: Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro Podcast, a show that rips up the bi-rated TV ratings and declares some of our own winner, own winners, even, in Pro Wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, joined once again by my main man, Richie. What's going on, Richie?
3: Going good, sat here with a proper kit on, using the blue snowball that I've neglected for weeks. feel like a proper podcaster, or guest on a podcasting show.
2: <laughs> yeah, all the same thing, pretty much. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you, you know you take it seriously once you, you make that first jump into the blue snowball.
2: Yeah, I remember um, when I first got a, a proper microphone. I'm sure anyone that's listened from the start does too because it was shite at the start. Um, and then when that broke because I got it secondhand off Marketplace, I had to actually buy one brand new. That really hurt my soul.
3: Yeah, they're uh, they're not cheap, but they do sound better.
2: Indeed. But um, anyway, it's been a long time, mate. We've not managed to, to have our schedules meet for a while. What have you been up to?
3: Uh, I think I've been an oldie. Uh, we've got minus six weather over here in uh, in Blighty, where I am, which is always pleasant. Fuck. Uh, usual stuff. Been uh, on a completely unrelated tangent. Been uh, deeply sucked into the game Yakuza on the Xbox, which means that I have time for nothing else if I'm not with... The, wife and dog I'm pretending to be a yakuza in 1989 Tokyo
2: fair I've actually just got back into NBA 2K on the PlayStation so that's been taking up some of my evenings um I I FIFA was doing my head in um <laughs> it just every year they just change it slightly and they they just miss the mark on one thing every year lately and after after a month or so it does my, it does my nut
3: I got a free game pass uh so FIFA 22 was on there, and I was like, well, oh, it's been a few years since I played FIFA. I think the last time I played the FIFA game was when you could scan your own face into it. <laughs> so you get started, and you start playing the game, and then you realise that all the goals that you used to score in all the FIFA games that have been before all work still. Yeah, it's just that it's the the two
2: things that they keep messing with that annoy me is... is- speed and defending like it goes from either like the attackers are ridiculously outpaced and could just run past you anytime they knock a ball um or then like they just break the defending like so that a player can do 56 messy dribble moves in the one area and you can't tackle them uh, and i just yeah they can't seem to get the, the the formula right the last few years for me anyway
3: no and i'm i'm much of the opinion, and it might be horrific to mention this. I don't think you're allowed to say it in uh, when you play games anymore. But I like sticking the fucker on easy or amateur. You know, I, I'm not playing this for it to be a challenge. I'm playing to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my goal. Here. I mean, my goal isn't to like play three really hard fought one ones. That's real life football. This is a game games are for
2: winning <laughs> well the thing is see when I get it every year the first thing I do is load up a career and I'll play through a career season but it gets to the point where like there's not a, the career mode hasn't changed in about 15 years now so I get online and play someone online and then I have to be somewhat decent otherwise I just get murdered 7-0 every game yeah that, that uh,
3: eight-year-old yeah not only is he insulting your mother but he's also uh whipping you <laughs> Uh, from pillar to post now i played a season like two season modes but then he like well i want my moving team but the mechanics aren't smart enough to offer you a job so it's like go look for a job and it's like well that that doesn't make sense because i'm the happy 100 matches in a row winner of this austrian football team i'm um, uh, technically i would need to be offered a job to leave and then it just irritates me and i put it down <laughs> so yeah I mean, I'm suggesting, as is the tradition with podcasts, that the reason we've just spent that long talking about FIFA is these two shows weren't possibly quite as good as some (laughs) of the other ones.
2: Well, maybe also the reason why it's taken us about half a year to get together and talk about it. It's the March 13th, 1993 episode of WCW Saturday Night and the March 15th episode of WWF Raw. Um, Which one did you watch
3: first, Richie? Well... I've got a bit of a confession. I watched the WCW one twice because I put the first time on and I thought, I don't like taking too many notes. I just like to let like watch because, you know, I like thinking of myself as a colour man in this uh, little ensemble we've got. So I don't need to do as much prep. I'm the Jerry Lawler of the situation. Except, you know, besides the things he's been accused of. <laughs> that. Uh, so, But, but I, I, I came to, like, Well, better record and I was like did I watch the other one I completely forgot the first WCW one so I've actually seen it twice and you know what if I didn't write notes the second time I still wouldn't know what had happened on it
2: (laughs) rather uneventful is probably the best way to describe these shows um should we without further ado let's head over to Saturday night and let's get started and (laughs) tear through these so welcome
1: everybody this is Jesse the Be it's it's
3: Saturday, night.
2: Saturday night starts out with Jesse Ventura in the crowd for some reason and he throws to Johnny B. Badd with Tony Schiavone. Um, Johnny B. Badd's sort of doing like a, a quasi-host position here at the start of the show which is a little bit of a strange um, place to have him on there in my opinion but it, it was fairly harmless.
3: I mean, I can see what they're doing. He's full of charisma, but he is paid to wrestle. So you've, like, you, you've made a mistake if you, if you only think he's good enough to do a bit of intro work. Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, and then we go to the highly popular tag team of Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas taking on Chick Donovan and the Master Wrecker. And the first note I've got here is, what a mullet on Chick Donovan. This is a beauty.
3: Chick Donovan is the man we all wish we were. <laughs> he's a fucking chad.
2: <laughs> it is it is beautiful.
3: I uh, uh, he's this guy looks like this in real life, but he's a jobber on WCW, so like it's not like he's wandering through airports and his zoo bars looking like a wrestler. He's probably gonna Walmart for his shopping and he looks like that. That's that's the the chadness of this man
2: that's my favorite thing about wrestlers with stupid haircuts is just you have to go into into the bank <laughs> or the supermarket looking like that and I, I i just wish i was there for it
3: like i had a long he- hair period of my life before it all fell out and i've now got a shaved head but neither of these sort of like come close to some of the haircuts these people deal with on a day-to-day basis
2: <laughs> oh man i um, Steamboat and Douglas dominate some chain wrestling early. Um, <laughs> I've got here a note as I go on. I, I must have been obsessed with Chick Donovan's look here. He looks like Ricky Morton in Lex Luger's gear.
3: <laughs> he's, he's he's not. He's pretty ripped as well. He's not. He looks after himself. Yeah.
2: Good nav drag by Steamboat. It's a very safe match. Um, very basic moves from the off- uh, from the the faces here. A slam by Steamboat. A slingshot splash for a two for Douglas. Um, some nice double team moves from the baby faces. Um, the heels work over Ricky Steamboat for a little bit, but the baby faces get back in control with a double team hip toss, and then Shane Douglas is pressed by Steamboat onto the mass record to pick up the one two three. Um, decent enough opener here but it's definitely like a, a tv match and and not exactly getting
3: out of second gear it it's not we i would have put first on a wrestling show to get people to stay watching it seems like an odd idea
2: yeah i mean i guess those two like i think they were capable of having that match to, to get the, the viewer but this just wasn't it it was just a bit boring
3: yeah no, no matter what happens uh I don't think anybody was ever that excited in Shane Douglas.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll give you that. <laughs> we then go to Vinny Vegas taking on Danny Dees. Um Vegas here with his patented, like, Kevin Nash corner strikes, a slam, an elbow, a gut wrench suplex, and a sidewalk before locking in the snake eyes for the 1-2-3 in a non-competitive squash. That showcased Vinny a little bit, but uh, nothing, nothing to write home about here.
3: No, it wasn't... I don't think he did anything for, like, Kevin Nash or or the old Vinny Vegas. Like, it's a squash, but it doesn't seem to do anything. It's just a win. Yeah, exactly right.
2: We then go to Barry Windham, the NWA champion um, with the big gold belt, for those of you keeping score around the world titles in WCW here, taking on Johnny Gunn. Johnny Gunn uh, gets it started with a backdrop and a pair of arm drags before Wyndham comes back with a slam and a back suplex for a two count. Gunn with a suplex and a power slam for a two, but misses a crossbody and hits the ropes. Um, and this allows Barry Wyndham to lock on a jumping DDT for the one, two, three. Um, and Tony Schiavone comes in to interview Wyndham after the match. He mentions Ric Flair and um, Schiavone, that is, mentions Ric Flair and Wyndham just walks off and doesn't give him the interview. Um, what did you think about this one, Richie?
3: Well, uh, I actually quite enjoyed it, but I don't know if now I'm feeling a bit uh, nostalgic towards it because uh, Barry Windham being in hospital right now. I don't know if I, if I if I want to be that rude. I, I quite like. I can see why people of the time, like when, when you listen to podcasts, talk about how good Barry Windham is because uh, he is really good. I just don't think I've seen him in anything that's really highlighted his skills, and I, I'm not sure this did. I think he's that good. Sometimes he comes across as lazy, but I don't think he is. I just think it's his style, but I enjoyed this. Okay. Uh, I don't think Jesse, Jesse did because he started talking about filming films with, uh, Sylvester Stallone.
2: Oh, Jesse loves to get himself over in the WCW days, doesn't he?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not there for anyone else. <laughs>
2: um, we go to a commercial and when we come back, it's time for too cold and Marcus Alexander Bagwell to take on Pat Rose and JD Wolf. Um, we get a hip toss by too cold and a drop kick and an arm drag. Um, some double team shoulder blocks by the faces and then a drop kick and an arm drag from Bagwell. Sunset flip gets him a two. Um, Wolf comes in but eats a drop kick from too cold. Um, we get a springboard splash for ba- from Bagwell. Um, and then it's basically at this point that I recognize that the babyfaces in this one are basically doing all the same moves as steamboat and douglas um the osw guys would say damn it dlo but yeah it's just um it's all the same stuff and it was safe and a little dull in the, in the last one so it's not too much better here
3: yeah i mean you you can't go out and do a replica of, of the match that's been on two minutes before that's just ridiculous they should have uh, i know that at this point in time they're calling it in the ring but i'm sure there must be like some kind of check. Oh, are you going to do that? Well, we'll do this then. Or look out. Even if Bagwell and uh, Too Cold look out at the match and go, oh crap, we were going to do that. We better change it.
2: Yeah. Um, We get a (coughs) spin kick and a clothesline from Scorpio. And just to highlight what I'm talking about, um, instead of getting like the 450 from Scorpio for the finish, we just end with a perfect plex from Bagwell. So, you know, even the high flying's been toned down on on this card for some reason. I'm not really sure why.
3: Uh... I think Oli's in charge now, but I might be wrong. I think it's the period of time where Oli Anderson comes back. I don't know if he was uh, less enamored with the... I mean, I was going to say flip-flops, but they're hardly flip-flops in 1993, are they?
2: <laughs> no, it's like a, a little jump. Um, Missy Hyatt tries to sweet-talk Larry Zabisco into letting her chat to Ric Flair, which I'll splice him for everybody here.
1: Well, you know, ever since Ric Flair came to WCW, he's been oh, surrounded by controversy, Missy. Right, right.
0: I really, 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 really need to talk to Ric Flair. And I know since, you know, like... Yeah, but everybody
1: wants to talk to you know, Ric Flair. That's the problem. But
0: you are the living legend, Larry. And, you know, if you get me back there to talk to Ric Flair afterwards, maybe you can tell me how you got the name, the living legend.
1: Well, I am a legend, and I'll use the... I use the influence I can. Later on in the show, we'll go back and we'll talk to Ric Flair. This better be good. And we'll be back with more WCW Saturday Night in a moment.
2: And then when we come back, we have Davy Boy Smith taking on Tony Vincent. Um, Ventura calls out the rightfully awful um, bulldog mix of (laughs) Rule Britannia here. Um, I'm going to splice it in for everybody to take a listen to.
4: Tremendous crowd on hand. Tony Schiavone, Jesse the Body Ventura, back on WCW Saturday night. And there he is. Take a look. The British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. What a great wrestler and a great superstar to have here at World Championship Wrestling. And he's got one thing on his mind, Schiavone. A fellow by the name of Van Bader, the World Heavyweight Champion. You take a look at his opponent, Tony Vincent. What awful go. music that is, though! Listen to that awful music. What's wrong with that music? Ah. You don't like that music? That's awful. What is that? A march?
2: But what did you think of that? Um, that awful mash up there, Richie?
4: It's
3: absolutely fucking gash. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, it just makes it worse. It makes it sound low rent it's just it's not any good
2: no um David Boy Smith in in WCW just it just feels a step down on WWF it's such a shame like they got him really at like I think at the height of his powers and his popularity and they just didn't capitalize on it so typical WCW
3: he just I think he's and we've said it before it's the presentation and the arena and the the ring and all that stuff it just in comparison to the WWF at the same time it just just looks 5 years 6 years older it feels like the shows in the middle of the 80s not you know mid to start to the mid of the 90s and the bulldog sticks out so much cuz like he looks that WWF product it looks like he's time traveled back to like Gagne's awa
2: it's you know what it reminds me of um when you would pick Davy Boy Smith in Legends of Wrestling. (laughs) It's the same Bulldog, but he's just coming out in an older-looking arena.
3: Yeah, it's like, here is uh, Bulldog wrestling in the Sportatorium (laughs) in Dallas in 1982. Yeah, exactly right. Um Against Wild Bill Curry.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, when the match gets started, we we have a shoulder block and a hip toss and an arm drag by the Bulldog, a beautiful delayed vertical. Um, he holds it really well, and Tony Vincent is very tall, so this is a very impressive-looking move. And then he finishes them off with a running power slam and gives Tony Schiavone a quick interview after the match. Um, Bulldog still you know being showcased well here. Um, they've not got to the point where they've ruined him yet, but it is coming.
3: Yeah, yeah, you can see the... The writing's on the wall. I, 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 I know. Like you can't un- get yourself out of some poor booking sometimes, but I'm not sure the bulldog his mic skills are. They're, they're they're passable, but they they're not inspirational. They're not like they're good for what he can do, but I don't know if he can keep the excitement going himself, just himself on the mic. It's not. I don't think he has that kind of patter.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, Someone who does, though, Rick Rude, is with Tony Schiavone, and he cuts a really good serious promo on both Dustin Rhodes and Paul Orndorff um, and wanting to get back the U.S. title. I'll splice a little bit of this one in as well.
4: And many considered possibly the greatest U.S. heavyweight champion this sport has ever seen, Ravishing. Ravishing Rick Rude! I know you've got the clearance from the doctor. You're back in action. A lot has happened. Of course, Dustin Rhodes became the U.S. heavyweight champion. He's heard about the challenge, of course, and said he is willing to put his name on the dotted line. There's someone else who's talked about that he's a number one contender for the U.S. title, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. With all this going on, first of all, I want to ask how you're feeling after the injury.
1: First of all, I want to talk about Dustin Rhodes and Mr. Wonderful Paul Ohendorf. It amazes me how Rhodes can hold his head up and even call himself United States Champion. Rhodes, what you were was my whipping boy. Paul Oendorf, he says he'd be willing to give Rick Rude a shot should he become United States Champion. Well, that's mighty whitey, you fellas, considering the circumstances. You see, had the WCW decided not to rip me off, neither one of you boys would be in the situation you're in today. Dustin Rhodes, I'm gonna let it be known right here and right now that if you came out on your hands and knees right now and tried to give me back what is rightfully mine, I would refuse you, Dustin Rhodes. You see, Shivani, I want to work to regain what's rightfully mine. And I will pay with my blood, my sweat, and my tears to once again become United States champion. But most of all, I will make Dustin Rhodes suffer. And suffer you will. As for the injury, Shabani, action, speak louder in words. Next week, same time, same place. I'll be here, you be here, you be the judge.
2: What did you think of the, the more serious edge of, of Rick Rude here?
3: I liked it. Again, in comparison to uh, what, what I was saying not a minute ago, this was a promo from somebody who, who's known for doing a certain type of promo, I think, the, mm. the you know fat sweat hogs. Uh, didn't step out of that character, but was delivering a promo that was like, but I'm ready to, to move to the next level. You know, it wasn't like, it always felt like to me, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a k- comparison like Val to, to serious Val Venus was just like, one week I'm a porn star and I'm making a joke about a wiener and the next week I am just a wiener. <laughs> uh, and, and, but, and there was no real like character development and you only need an interview but I, th- I felt like rick rick uh oh God, rick rude i said rick steiner then rick rude here went from this character to well i've got an extra edge to my to my character and i'm coming for you and i'm serious and then after this i'm looking to move up the ladder i'm not not doing what i've done before but this is a another side of me
2: yeah i i i agree i think Rick Rude, well, I think obviously Rick Rude was a stronger character than Val Venus. Um, Rick Rude, of course, didn't get saddled with terrible techno music either. Um, but yeah, like I think that the parallels are quite um, are quite good there. Um, moving on, we go into Bobby Baker and Scott McKeeper taking on Tex Slasinger and Shanghai Pierce. Um, I don't know what it is about Shanghai and Tex, but they're so over in this um, WCW studio crowd. I'm starting
3: to pop for them. (laughs) Like, like if if, if they appeared on a game, you know, I I would download them if I still played wrestling games. I'd be like, I'm having them. AEW game, somebody creates these. I'm having it.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I don't
3: even like playing video game tag team matches, particularly, but I'm having it if it's it's Slyzinger and Pierce. (laughs)
2: all right well they're getting over with everyone um and this match is, is not a long one we get a suplex from shanghai and then tex hits a slop drop pretty quickly for the one two three and they challenge the cole twins um Grizzly Smith comes out and then the Coles come out as well. Grizzly uh, Smith says they can have five minutes. Um, Keith hits a crossbody and an arm drag, and then they do double team back elbows. Tex comes in and hits a clothesline, but Keith cleans house. We get a four man brawl, and then the Cole twins hit the double drop kick for the one, two, three. The wrecking crew then come out and brawl with the Cole twins as we go to commercial. So we- this just felt more like a tag team turmoil match than anything else the
3: way it was going here. I was waiting for someone to come out and say it's time for a tag team player. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean I wasn't uh the, the uh, inclusion of Grizzly Smith wasn't something that I was uh, I was expecting. And I was like, is it? They've left him on the network. Interesting. Yeah, it's a funny one
2: that. Um the WCW had some pretty like lackluster um authority figures over the years though, didn't they?
3: Yeah, they've never really done well with that. Uh, I know when I started watching, like from Nitro, and I'm trying to think who they brought in. Was it JJ Dillon? He's he was one for a bit, some yeah. Some kind of role,
2: yeah. Had Bill Watts. Just, and, I don't know. Yeah, um, Oli, and yeah, all o- these sort of guys, and it's just yeah. Oh wait, was Oli? Oli might not have been on screen, but you definitely had Bill Watts and Grizzly Smith and JJ Dillon, and yeah, a whole bunch of them, and just nothing doing for me. None of them have got the prestige of, of Jack Tunney. No,
3: no. When Jack said something. He meant it.
2: We then go to Max Payne taking on TC Carter. Payne with a, a snapmare and an elbow. Um, he no-sells some strikes of Carter, um, He goes, who goes up top and gets caught. Um, and we get Max Payne locking on a slam and then a shoulder breaker and an armbar to pick up the submission victory.
3: Ah, oh, that didn't mind this one too much, although it is Max Payne, so I'm <laughs> disposed to dislike the fucker
2: yeah it's just i don't know i just i've never warmed to him but this was not that offensive of him being
3: fair in, in the uh multitude of job matches we've had tonight this was not the worst absolutely
2: um larry zabisco is then with missy hyatt um barbarian comes in and it's a bit of an odd promo as we come out to a commercial <laughs> zabisco missy hyatt and barbarian is a strange combination
3: yeah, it looks like it's been put together in uh, season mode, and it's just randomly picked three wrestlers <laughs> to do something.
2: We then go to our main event, which is Vader versus Dave Hart. Um, Vader with the big ho train attack, the clothesline, the press slam, um, and then does the press slam again onto a guardrail. Some really rough strikes in the corner, and then the big power bomb for the one, two, three for a dominating finish for Vader.
3: Oh, he was beating him with massive slabs of meat. There was it was rough wasn't it yeah yeah it's it's funny watching Vader because like he's either snug or reckless and I, I, if he's snug he looks amazing but if he if he is reckless with other wrestlers it does to me it just makes it less interesting to watch because you know the the skill is to look good without hurting someone if you're just thumping someone. That's, it's not really the the point is it it's supposed to be a work <laughs>
2: I hope you got a few dollars extra for working Vader that night
3: I think everyone used to get a few dollars extra for working Vader
2: <laughs> well that brings us to the halftime portion of the show um, Richie, I'm going to throw it over to you. Have you got anything that you wanted to, to chat about in, in the halftime section today? Um, I, I originally was going to ask, cause we've been talking about wrestling video games. What were some of the earliest ones you played, but I'm not sure if you, if you played wrestling games as a, as a kid, cause I think you got into wrestling later on in life. I, I'm, I, I think.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was always a computer nerd, so, uh. The arcades are definitely... One of the few, first ones I've we'll ever played was, was it the WrestleMania game and then the Royal Rumble game in the arcade. And I know there was a Sega Mega Drive wrestling game that was one of those uh, no no famous people in there and it was the hardest game in the world. But uh, the, the one, I, and I think I've probably mentioned it quite a lot, I've, I've still got a massive soft, soft, soft spot for him. It will always be the uh, WWE... Ooh, what was it? It wasn't the ones that was the THQ engine. It's ones before. Was it Roar and Attitude? No. At- Warzone, Warzone he- and Attitude? Warzone. That's, yep, yeah, that's it. Uh, and, and, and the funny thing was because I've just got into wrestling like I was playing the Warzone game about the same time that I was watching wrestling and the Warzone game obviously had Brett it had Bulldog it had Army Johnson and I'm like where are these fuckers? Yeah, it was... um Like, I I didn't even know about the, the uh, what do you call it? Survive series. It's like, the, the, the only time I knew Brett wasn't coming back is because I read it in a, a game review for the WCW game. And they're like, since Brett moved to WCW, and I was like, you what?
2: <laughs> I um, I played Warzone in sort of mid to late 98 as well, actually. That was when I first got my hands on it. Um, and then I got Attitude, what um, probably would have been... Trying to think, I'm, I'm guessing Christmas 99, um, I got Attitude. In fact, I think I might have got Attitude before I ever had Warzone, um, come to think of it. So, yeah, I, I remember playing Warzone and, you know, I actually, I, I think I, I played Warzone later and was really happy with the a couple of things on it compared to attitude which i loved warzone you could actually break the tables um they you could set them up in attitude and never actually break them and i just liked like the main event feel of all the players on warzone um so i i actually yeah the the attitude roster was was huge but everything else on warzone i actually like a little bit better so i've got a, a good affinity for those two games as well
3: what i really liked about attitude was the career mode was the way you would uh build build your character and although you didn't like progress like level wise i mean there'd be some incomprehensible leveling system now that nobody would want to touch but what i always liked was like the way that the uh the the uh, stage would change as you moved up the shows so you would like start off doing basically a house show yeah and then work your way up to the 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 main event at wrestlemania i think it was or yeah i think it was i think yeah I mean, there was no story. I mean, you, there's no storyline in there like they did later. And you know, I, I guess because I was a bit younger and I had ima- and my imagination was still functioning, didn't really need it. Didn't need someone to tell me what was happening because I was like, well, you generally get in a feud with someone for a couple of weeks. Uh, you just didn't have any promos that then ruined it. Do
2: you know? Do you know why it was still enjoyable though? Because this was before they realized they could charge you to unlock things and you could actually go through and unlock characters playing
1: it.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's. I, 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 I know the latest one's supposed to be good, but I just, I don't, I, 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 I just, I just want the game, and I, I don't want it, I don't want be paying to download, for a pack of characters of which probably only one, our players, and to be brutally honest, the past few W W F games have had, if it's had Stone Cold in, I've generally played the career mode of Stone Cold. It's like I very rarely pick, any, I would pick any of the current WWF stars is like the career mode character for myself because none of them really are that over with me
2: yeah I'm the same I would get them and look for which retro characters were in the game really and that's all I want to do so um, I I like when they manage to get like a a retro set of storylines I think it's probably gone back a while now, but they had the Attitude Error mode on one of the games, and that I really loved, and I got that year's that game and played it, and that's probably the last one I owned. So I couldn't tell you what year that was, but I'm guessing it's a fair few years back now.
3: Yeah, because I think they did uh, an Invasion one as well with ECW. But yeah, it's I don't know. I, I just don't want to play season. I'm not even picking on Seth Rollins. It's just the first name that came to me. I just don't. He, he's a character that i beat as stone cold in a game it's just that's how it is yeah
2: did you play the legends of wrestling's game at uh, legend of wrestling games i like had a real soft spot for one and two and i returned three it's i think the only game i've ever taken back to a store
3: i think i had one uh i think i was that used to playing uh probably here comes a pain at that point that i to be honest i probably didn't give it a fair shout
2: yeah, fair. I got. I, I remember I got the PlayStation Two. Um, I got it on like interest free, and you know, used all my money to to pay it off slowly. And I got SmackDown Just Bring It, which I was a bit underwhelmed by. And I got Legends of Wrestling One around the same time. So I think if I'd have got the next SmackDown game, I can't remember what they, what it was. Now it might have been Here Comes the Pain. No, it would have been. No, I don't think it would have been at that point. It would have been shut your mouth or something. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed Legends of Wrestling as much, but because just bring it was a little underwhelming, I, I think I, I got in at the right time.
3: The one game I've always wanted to get into but I just I've never been able to sort sit down and play it for very long was it uh, EWR, the uh, booking game. It seems quite <laughs> in depth.
2: I'm, I can't believe and you I, said that because I had that years ago and just this week I Googled and contemplated getting it again. But I, I'm too useless. Like I know when you first buy the game, it's generic characters and you've got to go and find like a mod and change it. And I just can't invest the time into figuring out how to do that anymore.
3: I'd say, I, I I mean, I've I've had it, I've had it installed. I think I've probably got the characters and it's like, what do you want to do week one? And I'm like, don't know. Uh you two go out and wrestle and then it's like this was a sea show or or whatever the ratings are I'm like I just I just don't know what I'm doing I don't have the uh the patience to book out a three-month program
2: yeah I kind of just want to like pick an era or a year with exactly how it was on January the 1st or whatever and start from there like I typically either pick 91 98 or, or like 2000 but yeah I just I don't have the time to figure out how to get started I think it's probably one of those games that's become too detailed for me to be able to just pick up and play now.
3: I mean, there's definitely a podcast opportunity of wrestling podcasters or famous wrestlers who are now podcasters playing EWR and seeing if they can make a successful go of it. (laughs) You know, like Eric Eric Bischoff versus Jim Cornette uh, playing EWR. In, say, for, with a 98 mod installed and see which one wins
2: oh that would be brilliant um it'd have to be a video podcast though because i'd have to see their frustration at the computer
3: <laughs> oh yeah the, the why why will this not click
2: <laughs> well i don't think we're going to get any better um than <laughs> than that point there so that's a, a pretty meaty half let's up, head on over to raw and see what they've got to offer
0: McMahon can't you tell who stands like that who dresses like that who looks like that he smells a little bit like him too that's Vince McMahon I told you the big blizzard of 1993 has really thrown a monkey wrench in the raw tonight but all the WWF superstars that could possibly be here will definitely be here we've got some tremendous ones lined up for you the, the giant Gonzalez, right. right. Gonzalez is here. I'm going to be conducting an interview with him. Here's Harvey Whippleman. Papa Shango is Vince. Papa Shango will face Bob Backlund, and in tag team action, get this, the Head Shrinkers. Well, you better you better wear all the clothes you can because they'll probably be out in the street fighting with all this snow. You know the nasty, you know the head triangle. You're probably all wondering, where is Vince McMahon? Where is the Macho Man? There in the Big Apple, New York City, Michael Landon's first annual. The Ukebio Awards Center bids to receive a very prestigious award for the World Wrestling Federation. All kinds of superstars will also be there on hand and to present the award, none other than the immortal Hulk Hogan.
1: Live from the Hudson husseltelic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York, it's Monday Night Raw!
2: As you would have heard there, um, we have Not Vince McMahon, along with Bobby Heaton and Gorilla Monsoon, um, and we're told the snow has kept some wrestlers away. We're in Poughkeepsie, New York, and Vince and the Macho Man are in, I think, upstate New York or New York City, um, somewhere else in New York, getting getting an award, of which we're not... I don't think we get a full description yet, but we will get later. So this Not Vince McMahon guy was funny for the opening, and as the show went on, it got a hell of a lot worse.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I actually gave him credit, we know how I feel about him. But uh it was good but taken too far and uh I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it was a snow day. This is an oddity uh of an episode in, in if you compare it to the rest of the run thus far.
2: Yeah. Uh we go to Razor Ramon taking on Russ Greenberg. Um Razor with the, the sack of shit slam, the abdominal stretch holding the leg. Um, an STF and then a choke slam Grilla Monsoon says to us um, Rush G is not Bob Backland and uh, Bobby Heenan cracks me up when he goes no he's a bit younger
3: i uh, miss these two
2: <laughs> we get the super back suplex from Razor and then the Razor's Edge for the one, two, three. 2 um, good showcase for Razor as we go out to a commercial break Um, when we come back, it's time for Typhoon versus L.A. Gore. We get a quick back and forth. Typhoon hits a clothesline, a hip toss and a suplex, a, a nice snap power slam, and then an avalanche and a splash for the 1-2-3 in another another squash here, um, putting over Typhoon, who I don't think has a, a whole lot of time left in the Federation at this point.
3: No, I thought it was... Well, obviously, it's who can we get there. We've got Typhoon coming out to Earthquake's music. And I would have argued, as much as I liked a bit of tugboats last typhoon, that Earthquake was the worker in the natural disasters. No argument from me. (laughs) It's not not the best of both worlds here. Yeah, it's um,
2: definitely not. Um, We get um, a funny miscue with Bobby Heenan um, going into an IcaPro ad, and then a Hasbro ad, and then we have um, Giant Gonzalez and Harvey Whippleman coming out they cut a promo on the undertaker and um all the scared opponents in the wwf it's very long-winded um but giant gonzalez does say one thing and that we're in for
3: a giant surprise oh this whole section is a whole world of pain i mean i i honestly didn't know if bobby was working or not like i couldn't work out if he was gonna lamp someone or whether it was just all part of his his shtick and Giant Gonzalez just looks like a big penis.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I'm now going to just put a a little WrestleMania ad in right about here. And as you would have heard, they are shilling the hell out of Hulk Hogan coming back for WrestleMania, um, which tells me one thing. They were worried about the buys at this point in time.
3: Well and and like we this is week 9 and i don't think they've really done any build on raw for wrestlemania i mean i can't think of i mean brett's champion now and i'm having to think about that because uh i haven't seen him with the belt or particularly like this this whole show is very weird with the the wrestlers it's showcasing
2: yeah it's just random shows with like the the special report on there it's not really um advancing storylines most weeks is
3: it no, and it, I mean, how are you expecting to sell tickets to WrestleMania if your champion's not on you? I know, like, the, the Raw show is the the syndicate, like the one that you get all across America. It just seems... And, and like they've said, they seem to look like have gone, well, we're not going to do it the old way where we used to do squash matches on TV to sell tickets to the show. Because so, they've got, like, the ball, Hammerstein, it Hammerstein Ballroom or the Manhattan, Manhattan Centre. Like, they've got all this thing set up and then they're sending out well, not this week, but they have sent out, like, Papa Shango or, or someone else, yet Brett's not hardly to be seen. It's, it's really weird for a build. and I, it, They haven't even had Hogan on Raw. I think he did a taped interview last week.
2: Uh, didn't he do one... I think he did one after the Brutus attack.
3: Quite possibly. He's, quite he's done...
2: One live promo, um, so that's it. Yeah, and you're right. Like everything else, um, funnily enough, um, it is Papa Shango that comes out next um, to take on Bob Backlund. And this actually feels like a, a big time match at this point. After the two shows we've watched,
3: yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it's odd when Bob Backlund comes out and you're like, "This now, this is this is what I've paid my money for." <laughs> well, Bob Backlund in '93, probably. Uh, He was probably all right in the late 70s. I've not really watched much.
2: Yeah, I don't intend on it. (laughs) Um, No. Bob just avoids Papa Shango at all costs here. Um, They have a test of strength, and the Vince McMahon impersonator is really starting to get on my tits at this point. Um, Basically, Backlund's out wrestling Shango. We, We have to go to the outside for a minute. Shango gets a backbreaker and a slam for a two, but Backlund manages to get the win with a small package for the one, two, three.
3: It was a unit of match. Like, there's nothing. I know they're a bit trapped because they've got no, they've got to work with what's there. But I think, I think the match could have been laid out a little bit, a little bit more exciting. Maybe.
2: Yeah. I... It didn't. It did nothing for me. So yeah, you're right. It's all this shows just very meh. Like, well, this sorry when I say show, like I mean the two shows we're reviewing. There's just nothing really of any quality on either of them um
3: no no they don't i don't know whether there was a bit of a lull but uh no and wcw doesn't really have an excuse as compared to this one because they didn't have any snow no
2: um gene with an ica pro wrestlemania report tries to sell us all on wearing togas that will not get over spoiler um and it's now a double main event it's at this point um Nine WrestleManias in, there has never been a WrestleMania where any match Hogan was in was not considered the main event. And this is a kid piss me off. Like, when Hogan was in a title match, there was never a double main event. When Hogan wasn't in the title match, it was always a double main event. I hated this about him. And this, I think built up to part of why i was just never a hogan fan as a kid like i was a warrior guy and of course you know first title defense on pay-per-view SummerSlam 90 double main event and i also loved macho he's defending the belt at wrestlemania 8 double main event now we've got brett defending at wrestlemania 9 double main event it just does my fucking head in
3: i think instead of dick move of the week when talking about this it should be dick move of the decade
2: yeah, Hogan and the double main events is the dick move
3: of the decade. I can get with that for sure. <laughs> I mean Crikey Moses. They've got they put Brutus the Barber beefcake in the double main event. Now that's now Hogan's still got some sway.
2: He missed a trick, beefcake, not selling himself like of the um you know, on the old timers scene as a former WrestleMania main eventer. I
3: I I think he's uh, probably not ever thought it through <laughs> He's, he doesn't strike me as being a wrestling genius
2: i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you never watch this show to see mean jeans report
3: no not at all
2: uh, money inc cut a promo the highlight of which is um irs calling the um mega mania maniacs yeah mega maniacs the mega morons um we then get an undertaker promo and a- another commercial for wrestlemania before heading out to an ad break
3: They're not content heavy on this one, are they?
2: No, there's a lot of filler. We then go to uh, our main event of this show. It's the Nasty Boys versus the Head Shrinkers. And we get a big nasty chant from the crowd. So um, the Nasty Boys a bit more over than they ever got with me as a kid.
3: Yeah, I basically wrote they don't appear to care, so neither do I.
2: Yeah, I can get with that. Clothesline from Samu is followed by a clothesline from Knobs, a pair of which actually um, Nasty boys with a double backdrop and arm breaker from Knobs. Um, quick tags and double teams from the Nasties. A- another slam from Samu and misses a top rope headbutt. Hot tag from Sags to Knobs and he cleans house. Double DDT um, to both of the shrinkers. They brawl on the outside. Um, We fight at a hot dog stand and they make a hell of a mess. Both get counted out, both teams. There's mustard on each other. Um, Chair shots uh, for all as well. So this was a bit of a chaotic finish to to the last match.
3: It it wasn't for me. Uh, I'm not a nasty boys fan particularly. And again, I'm, I'm aware that the head shrinkers were a thing and they've probably got quite a good legacy. But... They've just been brought out cold to have a match against the Nasty Boys, also of which are relatively cold. So it, they, they they didn't need to do all the stuff they did because the interest level was that low. It was just dudes sitting themselves with chairs for no reason.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a waste, really. Um, a bit late in the show as well. I think the crowd had died like we had by this point.
3: Well, if it was as snowing as bad as they say they were, I mean, everyone who's turned up are probably spending most of this show looking at their watch thinking yeah I'm gonna have to get it back out there I wonder how bad the snow is so
2: yeah you're right um we finished the show um a bit cold it's uh, like a a bunch of like feel good vignettes about you know um, the charity work the WWF does, Make a Wish, Headlock on Hunger, etc. And it flashes a graphic on the screen: Vince McMahon, CEO and President. Um, I did not realise in 1993 they acknowledged Vince on screen as being like the uh, the the main man of the company.
3: No, I uh, I thought it was nice. 90, probably 96, 97 when they started to allude to it. Like Same. Uh, Again, the 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 Nitro raw wars i think i mean i would have said i mean from memory it's when they started doing the billionaire ted things that they started to drop more hints that vince ran it i didn't realize at all that i uh, if someone had asked me 93 who ran who was the president of uh wwf it would have been jack tunney
2: i'm with you on that i yeah did not realize this was a thing that takes us to the end of raw so um i think this is going to be a bit of a you know tough one or maybe not to rank so let's jump straight into the rating shall we um the 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 crowd um heat i think is just a matter of who you felt was more over on the night between the nasty boys in wwf and uh tex and shanghai in wcw
3: i i think wcw for me wins this because i i, I although it's kind of unfair i do get the feeling with the Poughkeepsie crowd that they're they're one looking what well, they've got one eye on the door and they've not been given anything to make them forget the fact that there's snow piling up outside. Like I don't think Papa Shango and Bob Backland would make me stop worrying that I'm not going to be able to get out of this building. I reckon I'd
2: go start shoveling to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I went WCW as well. Um, for me there was pretty much no storyline advancement on raw um so there was slight storyline advancement on wcw so i went that way again which way did you fall on that one
3: oh, i agree the uh even i mean the the bulldog interview was the only bit of storyline enhancement uh advancement that they had but like you said it did exist there, even if it was minute.
2: Yeah, and I think the snow, like we've already talked about, kept a lot of wrestlers away, so I also went WCW with the characters, although it was a pretty close run one. Um, Where did you fall on that one?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously WCW have the advantage of having an hour and a half show, so they get more people on there, naturally. But... I still you saw more names they weren't doing great stuff but you definitely saw more names uh and bigger names I think and more relevant names to what they were doing on wCW
2: yeah definitely um production quality I went with raw because even with having you know half the crew and the talent away it still feels newer as we talked about earlier in the show so that was an easy one for me uh, did you did you fall the same way or did you go a different way
3: uh no wCw didn't do anything particularly wrong but as I've said it always feels a bit dated and to be able to put that show on having less of everything is is a damn fine testament to the skills of the production team of the WWF at the time
2: definitely and um match quality I enjoyed zero matches and I didn't think anything warranted winning so I went with a tie because both shows lost
3: (laughs) uh there's 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 no argument from me here i can't even think of anything i mean i enjoyed the vader match but it wasn't like uh one to put on your list you know your top 10 matches watch this year the vader match from this wcw so yeah i don't feel i can rightly say one was better than the other
2: so we end up with wcw taking the win um but this like (laughs) the ranking system is what it is it's designed just to pick a winner but I think like I'd have to say this is possibly the two worst shows I've watched in at least the last two years of the podcast just nothing happened I did not enjoy either of these shows there's a lot of times when like especially like with Duncan doing Smackdown and Thunder I love the Smackdown stuff it brings back nostalgia I look at Thunder and wonder how the hell they stayed on the air but um this just had no redeeming qualities across either shows it
3: actually sucked no uh I, I often try and try and try and say that look it's easy to go but we're watching these on on like a mass and we're we're watching them in with 2022 eyes uh and you know it, if I was a kid then tuning into the wrestling on a Saturday night or a Monday night would I really feel that way but I think there is undeniably, no matter what time period you watch these two matches, they are absolute pants. (laughs) Uh, even, even worse than, uh, what was a really pants show. Uh, the last time we reviewed this and I'm going to put it on par of that. Did we watch, did we, did we, didn't I come on and review an ECW show ages ago? It was just a, uh, show long brawl, which is possibly one of the worst things I've ever watched wrestling wise. (laughs) 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 It was up there for awful, uh, i think it might actually, have
2: been no, a pre oh, roar raw or something meant we had to watch yeah. wcw to get
3: two shows in but uh and actually it wasn't awful awful is a thing it was nothing it was the middle it was a required amount of wrestling to fulfill our licensing and uh wrestling contracts with the networks that's what it was yeah absolutely terrible
2: um well (laughs) sorry to end the show on a downer everybody but that's the two shows in the can so um thanks everyone for listening and richie great to chat to you again mate it's been a while um but really enjoyed um being back together on this one
3: yeah i can't wait to uh do week 10 over the christmas break so uh merry christmas to you and all
2: yeah merry christmas everybody um this will be probably the last show that comes out before Christmas. So thanks everyone for listening and yeah, have a happy holiday, whatever you celebrate and enjoy yourself and take care.
3: Merry Christmas, motherfuckers.